Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. We continue this three-part series with Stace revealing his previous errors of tough love and what he calls reality refraction that stemmed from his own wounding, which we covered last time and resulted in the collapse of his teaching in 2015. This is really difficult stuff to talk about, so I hope you'll hear it with a soft heart and an open mind. I can't emphasize enough, this is another case where it's very important that you listen to this podcast from the beginning and in episode order. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome forward. I was just editing the a, po- a recent podcast where uh, we had the rabbit hole of there is no uh, welcome back, um, <laughs> just to harken back to that. So welcome forward to another installment of the Heart of Soul. And we set up last time what it is we're going to be talking about uh, today. And uh, I would be lying if I said I knew where we were going to go today. And I think you're going to be holding that in some ways better than I do. And this is going to be, as always, very much a co-creation. So where do you want to start today? Well, I'd like to be transparent uh, uh, first in the first dimension of that I'm a little um, nervous about today. And I don't get nervous. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little nervous about today because um, uh, me as a personality version self, tends to elicit um, fairly strong reactions, uh, mm-hmm. um, positive and negative. And uh, because of what we're going to talk about today, the, um, uh, the good reasons for the collapse of my teaching ages that actually happened three times. I needed three, three collapses in my life to get through uh, the, um, the bottleneck of how much uh, my personal aspects of being um, helped sabotage my the expression of my spiritual aspects of being. And there's lots of compelling um, reasons that has room to happen, but I, I'm a little nervous about it because uh, I still get uh, hate mail and hate texts um, occasionally. And, uh, it, and, and so I certainly don't want to um, change anyone's mind uh, in this podcast if they already hold strong feelings about them. Uh, have at them until they're complete in you, however that goes. Um, makes me sad, of course, uh, but I, I love all the people, every single one, no matter what they've said about me, written about me. I can't, it's impossible for me not to love them. Uh, and at the same time, try to juggle that love with my own personal um, reasonableness to uh, uh, being uh, of hate mongering. Uh, which is human to uh, find uh, uncomfortable, to yeah. say the least. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, I, I'll be looking for opportunities to talk about my own experience because I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm, I, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of nervous, too, because this subject is so delicate with, um, you know, I'm just hyper aware of word choice and, Yes. There's only so much we can do to control people's interpretation of what we say. Um, and, and yeah, but uh, 
I, I do want to talk about my own experience with the, the 1.0 version of the paradigm and the 1.0 <laughs> version of you right. um, <laughs> and how confusing that was and how necessary that was because the equal and opposite side of your collapse included uh, my own collapse and my contributions to that. And mm -hmm. uh, I imagine today we'll get to um, the, the very high bar of victimhood that identity has, which mm -hmm. I resisted for a really long time uh, until I discovered the ways in which I was playing victim to you uh, mm -hmm. way back when uh, and how important and dramatic that learning was for me and mm -hmm. that it took years and um, everybody's just on their own journey, not just uh, related to you or a paradigm, but in their own life, because I think we all play victim to things that, quote, happen to us until we don't. And yes. <laughs> I don't know any human over age 30, maybe even 25, that doesn't have that, you know, a divorce, uh, a betrayal, uh, you know, mm -hmm. bad things happen to us. And um, as we'll no doubt talk about, um, we were, we're, we're, I don't know, not compelled is too weak a word We're we're mandated by reality to get to the bottom of how we draw the experiences that we draw and things exactly. are unresolved until then. And it's, I don't know, it's like the most difficult thing I know probably to work through that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well said. Uh, and if that, if that, um, uh, journey isn't tricky enough, mm -hmm. uh, uh, imagine, uh, what it, what it's like to, already have a paradigm that threatens virtually every belief system on the planet yeah that 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 alone is responsible for some percentage of people's projective reactions to me the person who brings it mm -hmm. um i was thinking of that this morning before the uh, we we, uh, we got together today and uh at the same time be inevitably flawed as a as a human being that combination is a deadly combination yeah. and explains um, certainly why there was room for, uh, for both the paradigm to be challenged and for me to be, I'll use the word condemned, uh, mm -hmm. even though some of the quote unquote uh, sins that I'm supposed to have ha happened, uh, which I understand why they're framed that way. Um, are so much more benign than so many uh, enlightened teachers out there. Uh, For sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. so benign by comparison. So, yeah. but that's not that's not really relevant. It, it's about what I would like to be transparent in myself um, today about it. So, yeah, yeah. So let's start out, Joseph. Maybe this is helpful. Is um, I I remember. Uh, past lives, I remember what it's like in between lifetimes, like most people remember high school. I think we've talked about that before a little. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, uh, setting up this incarnation to uh, uh, pull in three specific past lives uh, where there was intractable and unprocessed and unhealed and un un unresolved conflicts in, in all three of the hoods in identity, personhood, sage, and sainthood, that I pulled these three lifetimes uh, before this lifetime as Daniel Stace Barron, um, that uh, I'm going to resolve uh, these three. And, and, uh, and I knew that it was in me this lifetime to bring a picture that actually rolls all three 
personhood, sagehood, and sainthood into one overarching paradigm that leaves nothing on the table philosophically, spiritually, or uh, humanistically. And I want to insert that identity would say that everybody brings in uh, undigested, incomplete material from previous lives to any given life. That that, that doesn't make you special. The, the, the new paradigm is unusual. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of normalizing possibly today. That, because, Thanks. Because I, I, it, I need that. I yes. can't get out of, I'm not, I can't yeah. get meta to my own yeah. normalized um, yeah. dynamic here. Everybody that when we, when we say, why did, why was I, um, why did I choose or why did I get that set of parents? You chose yeah. for specific reasons. Why, why did you have uh, a childhood cancer? Mm, maybe because uh, uh, in the last life, your cancer, that you died from from a uh, as an adult was bitter and rancorous and resentful and mm -hmm. children so much more easily at six seven to ten uh 12 years old take death from cancer so gracefully yeah well what if that's an explanation for why children take it so gracefully is because they're redoing the death from last life from cancer uh -huh. which would be a way of healing the fear of death Exactly right. Exactly. So um, I came in with that, with with that, and and the the um, the thorn on that rose is that there's never been a spiritual teaching East or West, um, modern or ancient, that ever defined the personal, the personal, just as spiritual as any other aspect of our consciousness bandwidth. That's why I can't my own paradigm. I can't I can't get away from the fact that I have to I have to take responsibility for my personal and not write it off to the after effects of what enlightenment does mm -hmm. uh, uh, to to people, which there's a lot to say about. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that today. But I want to put a caveat on that: that just because there are uh, really intractable sequela to uh, non-dual based enlightenment uh, in so many cases um, that doesn't let me off the hook for personal issues that that added to the problem because my truth is that the personal is just as spiritual and cannot be uh, 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 vagaries. Compartmentalized. Yes, yeah. right, exactly right. So I just want to have that as a preface um, that, as you said last time, none of this is ex exculpatory. Uh, uh, it's only explanational and as much as transparent as I can be about my remorse. But it doesn't mean that it shouldn't have happened. That's the thing where it's yes. like the idea of like, okay, right. well, someone in an authority position shouldn't bring their personal imperfections <laughs> into the situation. Well, that's a lovely idea. <laughs> Has there ever been one in history where that hasn't happened? You know, Osho, Adida, Andrew Cohen, you know, uh -huh. find someone in an authority position and their shit comes out. That's what the dynamic to Steve Jobs. I mean, not even in spiritual stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, just because a, a new paradigm bringer is flawed doesn't necessarily mean what they bring is is shouldn't be honored. Um, uh, all the the uh, flaws in Galileo and Copernicus does do not uh, their personal flaws 
has no bearing on the truth of their heliocentricity. Right. Would we throw out all of Thomas Edison's inventions because he alienated his family because he was a workaholic? You know, it's like he was one of the most prolific inventors in history, but we don't vilify him because he was not a good husband. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Jung, Jung brought one of his female clients home and forced his wife to accept her as a second wife. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, we, Freud took enough cocaine to kill a horse. I mean, those <laughs> two thing guys. Is, and, and yeah, it doesn't matter. It, their pair, they, they, those two, revolutionized inner evolution. And there's an yeah, and there's an artifact of uh, um, issues with authority where uh, the average person is looking for some kind of savior. They want the perfect authority to be a solution to their imperfect parent parental authorities and give them yes. all the answers and not recapitulate any of their parental wounds. But inevitably yes. that, that goes on too, because there's, there's no such thing as a uh, perfect adult. No. And any follower of any um, leader or teaching that, that denies that they will have authority projections from imperfect childhoods from the first authorities um, I'm sorry, there's not much credibility to that position. It's impossible. It's only a matter of degree, a little or a yeah. lot or something in between. So that's another caveat here is that those of us who dare to, to dedicate their whole lives to an unpopular cause, and identity mm-hmm. is, is potentially as has been for the last 30 years, as, as, as unpopular a cause as, as, as any, because it says the incompletenesses in psychological, uh, sagely spiritual and saintly spiritual paradigms, the incompletenesses um, are, uh, make them no longer applicable to the modern day, uh, uh, no matter how much truth they do hold in certain pockets of their paradigmatic focus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is, these are background issues that, that play right into what we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So again, um, uh, the vagaries and the um, issues that people had um, with me in these three sets of collapses, all were reasonable, all were reasonable from their point of view. Um, And they were reasonable upon post-examination by me uh, after each one. But the degree that it took me to finally um, break my own um, inability to take responsibility for my impact on people um, finally came home um, uh, in the third collapse, uh, the most recent one. And uh, that had uh, the most um, uh, uh, horrific uh, effects on a lot of people. Not because I collapsed the, the ages of my teaching. I was willing to um, go into rehab about it uh, um, mm-hmm. when some of my stuff became uh, overpowering, overbearing past a certain point for some people. Um, I recognized it and and uh, went along with the board of directors that I'll, I'll do a I'll do a sabbatical here, and they said, "Yeah, fine, do a three month sabbatical," and then things. Uh, 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 steamrolled from there to to a certain place where um, the the board and the uh, students in the school that um, that, that I was um, holding there um, collapsed the parad- pa- collapsed the nonprofit. I didn't, um, 
I didn't really know what was going on at all at that time. So um, the point here being is that um, these collapses are the only reason I can sit here today and tentatively offer, maybe um, I've healed some of this stuff uh, enough to stand um, uh, again for the sobriety of the paradigm and I hope my increased personal sobriety as well. Yeah, and I would <clears throat> insert here, um, before that collapse, I, I uh, left the school, as it were, about a year before that collapse. And um, I don't know, maybe this is the time to tell, tell the story. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I, I think so. But, yeah. but I'd like to say Joseph is one of three. I have, I have two elements to talk about today. My tough love mm -hmm. issue, which is the main one, and a side one of reality refraction. Uh, but for the, there are three oh. people, in my opinion, that I hurt the worst with tough love. Those three people, the ones I hurt the most, are the ones who cleared it in themselves and re reconnected with me um, uh, uh, into in a whole new way. So now, there's something to that. Yeah, for I don't, sure. I don't know I don't how think, to explain I don't think that. we know quite yet what that is, but I want to tell my personal story of how I did that. So I guess it was about six years later. Um, so I left the, the earlier version of identity. Uh, it was a real bottom in my life and uh, was astrologically predicted, actually, though I've later found out that that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was 2011 was the beginning of my Saturn major period, which is infamous for any way in which you're off track in your life will dead end. Oh. And um, the the first year and a half of that uh, of, of that time, or maybe it was a little, a little later, I forget when it, but anyway, it perfectly correlated with many endings. Uh, and uh, it, um, it was, so that was one of the ways in which I saw like, oh, if astrologically, Vedic astrology, which is really good with periods and predictions, if astrologically, this was a time in my life for anything where I was off track to collapse and be destroyed and start over, uh, then maybe I'm not a victim of this because it just sort of seemed to be destined to be. And uh, I was in a very confused and definitely licking my wounds place for a number of years because I'd been exposed to the incredibly powerful truths of what you taught, but at the same time, there was a fly in the ointment that hurt terribly, and I didn't know what to do with that. And so I wrestled very much with like, well, was none of this true? And I would try that on for a while and try to sort of go back to some secular mm -hmm. new age life and hang out with people, but it just, the paradigm was too good. I couldn't get it out of me. I, and okay, but is it, could I not get it out of me because I was so inculcated into <laughs> occultic right. teaching and this was all negative conditioning? Sure. Uh, and But the more I sort of experienced and, and uh, experimented, I was sort of cleansing my own. I, I've, uh, in, in the previous podcast, I quoted uh, the Swordmaster <laughs> Shasai who said, uh, a warrior is measured according to this, that he takes the dregs <laughs> of the ancients and extracts a clear liquid from them. So... That's all I knew to do is to take what I'd learned and try to clarify it and sort out what was true, what wasn't, what was useful, what wasn't. Uh, and then in what I uh, we both think was a divine intervention, a friend of mine suggested I do 23andMe, the consumer level genetic test. 
And to make a long story short, I found out that my uh, father was not actually my father. And it, uh, the sperm donor nature of my conception was intended to be kept for me my entire life. In addition to that, I found out from my half-brother that my biological father was a psychiatrist who went to Harvard Divinity School and was trying to combine psychology and spirituality and dedicated his life to it. And Unbelievable. That, yeah, you, Unbelievable. Can't, you can't make this shit up. It, it was it completely floored me. And when I found that out, I hadn't spoken to you in six or seven years, mm -hmm. and you, you were the first person I wanted to tell. It was just in my bones. I was like, what? Like, what? I can't, I can't do that. Why would I? And it just I couldn't shake it. And also in that moment, all the remaining rage I had at you disappeared like magic. It was just gone. And I didn't understand why that was until later, um, but it just disappeared. And it, uh, and it was about a, within a month, uh, one of the other three people that you just mentioned that I hadn't spoken to in years reached out to me saying, I'm thinking of you. And I've been in contact with Stace and his wife and things are different now. And it was like, okay, well now I've got to follow this feeling and, and reach back out to Stace and his wife, Bree. Um, it took me about, I don't know, six weeks to muster the courage of that. I was also processing the radical reality shift that my father was not my father, which was, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. That was so painful and difficult. Um, but it became clear, and, and this was actually something you were onto back in 1.0 days. You would observe, Joseph, you're pouring yourself into me too much, and I was um, not coming from my own self-authority. I was leaning on you too much, needing you too much, and that, that was my side of a dynamic where I was gripping you. That was my side of, of making, of guruizing you. Because you you remain to be more like my biological father than anyone I've ever known. And something in me was always looking for him. And so not just you, but my whole life, I was looking toward um, male authority figures to make life safe for me, to give me the father I never had. You were just the piece de resistance. Well, that, that means, what, and I'm hearing some of these element, dimensions for the first time here, uh -huh. um, that means you had an unconscious sense of the nature of your unknown father yeah that happened to correlate unbelievably to me personally yeah you can't as we say you can't yeah. make this stuff up and if someone had told me that like um philosophical proclivities and interests could be genetically passed i would have argued them into the ground but um, I spoke about my biological father. Uh, his brother, who's still alive, is a very successful lawyer, and the other brother was one of the pioneers of fitness in the in New York City, like New Joseph Pilates. And those are all interests and ways of thinking. And like, there's five members of my family on that hidden side, heretofore hidden side, have um, advanced degrees in psychology, practicing therapists. So it was like it was like I was programmed to have these orientations. Yes. Unlike the rest of my social family, where none of that exists at all. And mm -hmm. so it was almost like I was somehow unconsciously programmed to find you yes. to resolve something that I think I brought in from at least one past life. Wow. That's, that, that is too compelling to dismiss. 
So um, that was what dropped there were suddenly the remaining. Um, and But even through all of that, as I've told you, as much uh, rage and, and frustration and anguish I had in relationship to you, there was something that always happened. And I've told you this. Whenever I would have a drink alone, I would toast to you. And it was it's weird thing. It was like almost reflexive. I would hold the glass up and face the direction where you where I knew you were and say to you. And I never really knew why. I I just I I couldn't I couldn't push you all the way away. I loved you too much and I loved what you taught too much. Even in spite of what I did with you. Yeah. I just slammed the door on your face. This, I, it just, yeah. So I, I, I feel I'm in a unique position that for whatever reason, like my inability to resolve my issues with you therapeutically and spiritually and all that, it was like all came to a head. I did everything I could to work through those years. And then it was handed to me on a divine plate through a genetic <laughs> test here. And it just handled the rest of it. And then yeah. I said all of that to get to this. I've We've been reconnecting for a year and three months or so now. And it's my testimony that you're a different man than you were before. And uh, so whoever knew you before, if they knew what uh, you, quote, put me through and what I put myself through with you, mm-hmm. um, for me to say that, to be on that top three list, if that doesn't carry some weight with people, well, then I, I wish them all the best in completing the rest of what they have. And I hope they can have something as useful as the genetic test that I got that <laughs> helped clean the rest of it out, because that's just my truth. And I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you if that weren't my truth. Oh, Joseph, and this is so touching and compelling to me in one gestalt. Uh, and I want to put out there that that even even though you had projections on this male authority that had compelling parallel dimensions mm-hmm. to your whole unknown story still doesn't let me off the hook from my mm-hmm. side of the, of, of the issue. And I, and I, I'll say that over and over again, if it seems to be in the right context. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thank you uh, for making such a touching um yeah, and I would say one more thing. You're welcome, of course. And one more thing, what I would say, and it, it I wince a little bit to say this, but ugh, it's it's hard to say. I needed that to happen because, as you observed in the 1.0 version of yourself, I did I put too much in your authority and not enough in my own. I knew it was because I had a weak father. I didn't know it was because that weak father wasn't <laughs> even actually my father, which yeah. had I known that would have helped process a lot of that a lot sooner. Thanks, mom yeah. and dad, for not telling me something that was really relevant. Yes. <laughs> uh, That's child abuse. Absolutely, in my yes. Opinion. That's sidebar. child abuse. Yeah, I mean, just sidebar. not even knowing my true medical history alone is abusive. But um, right. what it forced me to do was to be um, uh, in, in, in one way, quote, betrayed, because, the, the, because there's no victimhood, there's no real betrayal, but to feel that I was betrayed by yet another authority, it forced me to look at, okay, I'm the common denominator here. Mm-hmm. It's not just a 
Stace, formerly Daniel, um, you were, you're not the only one to, quote, do this to me. So I'm the common denominator. How is it I'm drawing this to myself? And I don't know if I would have really gotten to the bottom of it if that hadn't happened. Because, unfortunately, we learn so much from pain and suffering. And that's just apparently what I needed. How do I know? Because it worked. Because yeah. I have more self-authority now than I, I did in the past, and we're able to relate in this wholly different way, a way we were trying to get to, a way you were trying to get me to relate with you eight years ago, but I couldn't, yeah. and, and now I can. It's still a little difficult sometimes for me, <laughs> but it's productively difficult, um, yeah. whereas before I would just defer to you in, in every way, shape, and form, and um, it was sure. counterproductive. Yeah, just to get my love and approval. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Wow. Well, what a wonderful way to start off this particular topic, yeah. Joseph. Uh, yeah, so let, let me talk about my side. Please. Um, and uh, and it, it, as I just mentioned uh Prefatorily, uh, pref yeah, is that is that a word? It I don't is know. now. That's a word now. In prefatorily, that's a new one. Someone, re someone recently said, "I can't, I can't, um, I can't understand your podcast." Someone listened to a couple of podcasts because <laughs> you make up words. Oh come on! No, and I said, um, "All words are made up. All words are made up. Just because mm. they're not in Webster's current dictionary doesn't make them untenable or make them untenable mm -hmm. as." Every new paradigm, there was no such term as heliocentricity Yes, uh, uh, before heliocentricity. Well, you know, one of the signs of a cult, they say, is yeah. a, a unique jargon and new language that they impose on the followers. Uh, exactly. You know, right. like well, every new paradigm that has ever existed re requires new language. Yeah, that, that would mean Galileo and Copernicus were cult leaders. That's right, yeah. By that definition. Yep. I'm sure in a in a soon in a podcast coming soon, um, we'll talk about identities. Picture that there actually is no such thing as an adult cult, which which confronts all sorts of uh, distortions like brainwashing and control and all this. Um, that well, there's only one cult uh, I, in our lives. That's all. I just I want to tease that out there. I thought we were going to talk about that today. I mean, we're, oh, we just maybe we talked. We just did thirty percent of it. <laughs> yes, but I'd like to own. I want. I don't want okay. to have any other yeah, yeah, issues yeah. fog up my my con, my confession here. I guess okay. is a better way to say it. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not trying to change anyone's mind out there. I'm just trying to offer that uh, it's rare that a leader who loses their teaching ages. Um, actually recovers in a yeah. way that honors the paradigm they taught and not utilize the paradigm to excuse their personal vicissitude. Uh, right. Yeah. Which is really common in, uh, in Zen teachers because of course they think absolutely. they're not in a paradigm. So, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, and I'll speak to that here, I think also as a piece of this, but mm -hmm. there were two dimensions to what was inappropriate for me in my relations with people. We are Joseph and I already talked about in the last um, uh, podcast uh, about some of the contributing causes of consciousness. Uh, I call mine a convoluted conscious mess uh, uh, that I was that I bo was born with, chose to be born with, and and had to ha learn to handle. Um, those two dimensions are uh, inappropriate use of tough love, justified by the paradigm. But in in, in retrospect, tough love was justified by me, not by the paradigm. 
Mm-hmm. And this is why it got so confusing because half the time I, I was in, or a third of the time I was in tough love mode. And if a half to two third, uh, another third of the time I was in um, generous, wonderful, kind, sweet guy, as people tell me. And the other third, I was somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that caused huge confusions in people mm-hmm. who got pulled in by trusting the honest and real parts of me that cared uh, for people like crazy. And then, and then on the other side were um, blistered, uh, soul blistered by um, the tough love that I would sometimes employ. So that tough love um, all came out of a couple of different dimensions. Um, uh, uh, one of which is that's the only love that I knew um, was uh, uh, because I was born the way I was born in touch with the two main as- the two main categories of spirituality, sagely non-devotional, uh, non-dual type uh, paradigms and saintly devotional type uh, paradigms. Um, and, and I was born with both lanes, as it were, both paths that I had innate access to. That made me medicate literally with a spirit with spirituality because being born with those two things, uh, those those two lanes, uh, plus being on the Asperger's syndrome uh, spectrum, mm-hmm. um, made me unable to find anyone in the personal human world who got me. Uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't find, I never met to this day anyone like me. I see, I met lots of people with the same yearnings and the same um, uh, uh, difficulties and challenges, especially spiritual people. Um, but I never met anyone who was born with what I was born with. And what that did was, me, I relied on divine being because I couldn't rely on people. I could never land in people because they looked at me like I was crazy most of the time. Mm-hmm. As I said last time, my strengths were reflected to be my, my family and my society as weaknesses. And my weaknesses were sold to me as, as, as uh, strengths. I, I want to so, insert here uh, at least one thing. Um, tough love was a stated uh, and advertised aspect of the paradigm, just so people understand. It was not some hidden thing that just came out. It was yeah. very carefully uh, worked into and metaphysically justified. So yeah. uh, all, all, you're saying that it was a shadow justification, but it was not a surprise for people. No, no. It's, uh, there in the in in in, in identity two point uh, There is no tough love uh, yeah. metaphysic. Um, but yes, uh, the, everything was done out in the open. There was no behind closed doors stuff. Uh, every, all of my crap was absolutely out there every moment. There, there was nothing hidden uh, that way in terms of the tough love, especially. And so. Um, uh, divine being was my only companion and divine being in my experience employed merciless tough love with me. And it worked just as you spoke to that um, uh, uh, in your, in your testimony, quote unquote there. Um, That's the only way I knew the deepest, most real part of love was merciless. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it was merciless. And And so, and and one one other thing, it did seem to work. And I think it did, work, you know, we have to define work and long-term stickiness and all that. But I also want to insert here that Brene Brown, who is one of the foremost shame researchers in the world right now and quite famous, talks about how the social science, um, a lot of it points to that embarrassment is an effective 
tool for helping people to change. Humiliation is not. Yes. And it's a really subtle difference. And, you know, if you ask a thousand therapists about um, how what they the term they use is exposure, exposing people and holding harsh mirrors up with harsh light, how useful that is, you'll get a thousand different answers. And um, the 1.0 version of the paradigm was on uh, one side of that spectrum, experimenting with and dead ending. um, How Experimenting with. I I would say, and people know this, uh, I would thank people twice, three times a year uh, who come to seminars or was in in the school, that this is, thank them for being part of a guinea pig experiment because Mm -hmm. no one's ever evolved a psycho-spiritual dharma, dharmic path that made the personal every bit as intrinsically spiritual as any other bandwidth of consciousness. Mm-hmm. This was an experiment. Um, we're still evolving. It will be evolving identity point two, uh, 2.0 to 2.4, 2.5. I don't think there'll be a 3.0. I, I don't know. <laughs> we Maybe know. there will be. Um, but the point here being is that I passed along the only form of love that ever worked for me to change really resistant, stubborn aspects of me. Tough love. I passed that down to people was the only way one part of me knew I have more parts of me now that know a different way, but it was the only part of me that knew how to love people. Uh, And the line between embarrassment and humiliation, uh, what's one, what, what one person's embarrassment is another person's humiliation. And what one person's humiliation is another person's, wow, that hurt, but, Boy, you're so right. Uh, yeah. You, you, there's no stock reaction reaction that you can say one size fits all. Yeah. And and another point along those lines is that uh, uh, I employed um, tough love on a one size fits all. Uh-huh. And in point of fact, most of the people that I employed, not all, but ninety percent of the people I used tough love on, asked me to do so. I would have people come up to me and say, you don't really like me very much, do you? After in the break in a seminar, and I, what are you talking about? Well, you don't do any tough love with me. I know you would care for me. You would be a little tougher on me if uh, mm. if, if you cared for me. So yeah. I, I was in this conundrum, right, uh, about that. So that's one element of the tough love. Uh, uh, the, the, the other is that born with third eye I, I saw the planes flying into high buildings 10 years starting 10 years before 9/11 but even as a child I could I could see the soul truth of people their soul personality behind their conditioned personality uh, 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 of their normal human oper- operative seat of being mm-hmm. and half the time uh, uh, I was befuddled because, Sometimes what they expressed outwardly was uh, categorically opposed to what I could feel they really felt like inside, mm-hmm. right? So um, adding to the tough love uh, uh, issue, I, I could hear, I could physically, and it's not physical, I, I could hear and see the soul behind someone's uh, personality screaming, please liberate me. Please liberate me. Do whatever it takes. I could hear that, but the person couldn't hear that. Yeah. But nine nine out of ten um, uh, uh, tough loves. I ha- I have to put it that way because I can't claim a hundred percent of anything. I heard that scream 
And, and half of those people overtly in their personality ask me to do it. Not yeah. an excuse, not yeah. an excuse. But these are the elements that go went into uh, how I could not uh, I, I, I could not stop that when it, when the red rose up, where my love for the soul um, seemed to require m- me uh, f- falling somewhere on the embarrassment humiliation um, uh, uh, spectrum to help them wake up. And I want to insert there um, the that gift of being able to see the dissonance between someone's essence and their expression is not unique to you. Uh, right. You have an, a, a big helping of it, but I grew up that way. I know a number of people sure. who have that. Um, sure. It's not uncommon for someone to be in a, a teacher position to be able to get a sense of the essence of the person and the thing in the way. And yeah. the, the more deeply you feel it, the more frustrating it can be. And it's it's a lot to bear. It's yeah. a lot to bear. I mean, uh, even people who have that just a little bit, sometimes therapists have they see something and they have to wait years for to yeah. be able to for the right moment to bring that to someone. That's a painful thing to have to carry. You bet, you bet. Yeah, and so you add those two dimensions, contributions of tough love. You want to add the mafia flavored uh, childhood I grew up in, where I saw nothing but yelling and screaming. No, there were. There was either boisterous, laughing, loud enjoyment or huge screaming uh, uh, arguments that were normal at the dinner table of this extended Italian uh, influence family. Um, so, uh, uh, I, I, and I had my own issues of childhood that correspond to what you said there. And my my version was a mother who, who um, literally tra- counter transferred all of her insecurities and fed off of her son me i was the oldest uh and 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 so i had all sorts of unprocessed um issues uh before i ever became a teacher and here's a good point to bring in that when you have a non-dual event uh uh as i did in my late 30s um it seals in what it does is I enlightened before I ever had a chance to heal any of my local childhood issues. I'd been to a therapist uh, with a with a, um, a spouse in the past for a little while, but it only took two sessions where I there was no way that I could I could be be me in those be represented in that in those sessions. So it sealed in all my crap from childhood uh, that was never a, processed. It, it like creates a, a, a distance. It's like if your childhood issues are like three feet away, suddenly they're like 300 feet away. Yes. And they're still there, but they don't seem as loud and they're more difficult to get your head around. And we're, we're going to do a whole series on the, the dangers yeah. of transcendence at some point. Yeah. And, and of course, that explains 100% all the mischief done by enlightened gurus illegal stuff um sexual impropriety um financial impropriety um all this all comes from those unprocessed issues that they think goes away when the i goes away (laughs) it's just it is one of the biggest um uh, holes in the non-dual perspective as you can imagine it's big enough to drive a paradigm through Mm. uh that hole so that that those contributing factors um, I don't know. I just finished a, uh, an essay that'll be up on the website soon about um, about these issues. And as I say there, I don't know how to atone 
for the pain um, for that I cause people in that tough love stuff. Uh, all I, the only way I know how to atone, because like a lot of um, sensitive people, I also have a self-flagellation issue that I've had to work on really deeply and acutely aware that self-flagellation can be a narcissism of its own. Oh, mm -hmm. it's all my fault, you know, yeah. excessively. How do you walk that line between trying to atone for what you know was was not appropriate to do uh, and no, not self-flagellate, for example? Yeah. I got some really good help in these past years with a Gestalt therapist that really set me on a really good uh, path. But the only way I know how to atone for the people that I love that I hurt with these humiliation, embarrassment stuff is to, is to heal the aspect of me uh, that I affectionately now refer to as my Daniel, my dark twin, you know, uh, Daniel uh, 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 did that. And, and I'm Stace now that Daniel was my first name. Stace was my middle name. I'm not making up any names here, uh, despite what some trolls on the internet uh, uh, still maintain mm. um, that, uh, that, uh, I, the only way I know how to tone is to heal and change. So I never do it again. When I feel back into the, what memories I do have, which is another issue I want to get to next. Mm -hmm. um, I get nauseous. I'm, I, I'm literally nauseous at remembering the Daniel version of me. And I, and that's not, that's not putting it blaming. It's just the fact that it was that way. And, uh, so I get nauseous. So all, I, I, I can only say to people, I'm sorry is, is, it can be really overcooked. It's much harder to say, that's easy. What's hard, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I didn't know. I never was able to incorporate my impact, the impact of me on you as another sequela of enlightenment, not an excuse. But when you lose your eye, some bandwidths of your eye, never to return and distance all of that personal stuff that was never handled before, this stuff will spew out. It will spew out at people. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that inability to find the eye that was at cause for that. I, the eye, the, the non-dual enlightenment, literally, when you lose your own eye, you cannot feel the impact of, of you on another eye. Mm -hmm. it, it takes, and, and, and uh, uh, Asperger's folks also mm -hmm. don't get their impact on people. They, they have no clue on how, what their impact of how they are with on people because they're too busy um, behind inside their own um, safe and world. You and I have been uh, sharing in the last couple of months, there's been some articles and studies about this uh, correlating meditation with a lack of empathy and a lack of uh, healthy regret. And yes. um, yeah, I, I, anyone who's had even a, a, a smaller awakening, and, and I can certainly attest to this, 
yeah, it wreaks havoc on the memory and it becomes a lot of work to you. I, I have to consciously tune in, in into my impact on people sometimes because it's just there's some way in my being where it's just not first nature. I mean, it wasn't to begin with because of my own uh, Aspergian. So I had to work very hard to get some of that. And then I had the uh, the level of awakening that I had. Then I lost some of that. And I've, I've had to sort of claw my way back. So again, this is not unique to your experience, but yours was a deep one. Yeah. And let's just finish up with that memory one because it revolves to the next, the second dimension of my inappropriateness or my difficulty and um, and being with people, um, and that is reality refraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I literally, and this will take a, a little time to unpack, so I'm not going to unpack it here, but I can name it that I I literally, because of what I was born with, um, dis, I was born disabled by spiritual gifts, is the way yeah. Bree puts it. Mm-hmm. Disabled by spiritual gifts, I had to create and inhabit a a. A, a simulation of myself in order to connect to the this world uh-huh. i literally had to create a, a distancing this was this is when i was a kid um and so when i then had a an, a, an event in my late 30s an non-dual event um i can tell you that that combination makes makes plays havoc with my memory mm-hmm. even when when the uh, uh, the um, class collapse had uh, was there some one of the people in the audience that were screaming at me all the terrible things that I did um, came up to me afterward and said do you actually remember all the things you you said to me and I, I said I don't mm. and and she said very generously well then I can't hold you to that in this moment but you do know you you did. I said that's why I'm up here willing to take. I spent yeah. two weeks, and you Joseph was part of that two weeks yeah. with no allowed no comment in return, which the therapists say is the worst thing I could have done. Um, yeah. My th- therapist said it was the worst thing. It threw gasoline on the fire. He said, "Did those people ever come forward afterward?" And I said, "Ninety percent of them, no." He said, "That that's the proof. It it legitimated their one hundred percent victimhood." It legitimated it. Yeah, as and, I said once before, like you know, in some parallel universe, there, there there needed to be like a team that was specially trained to deal with situations like this—a group of third-party people to come in yes. and somehow mediate right. to help everybody get what their contribution was. But that right. was, of course, impossible. Impossible. The only point, the reason I bring it up, is because I was willing. Yeah. to take all this and, yeah. and try to use it as um, a, a yeast for a, a different version of me. And at that point in time, there was still a paradigm. There was still a nonprofit. Uh, mm-hmm. What happened later is a story maybe for another time. But reality refraction, there are people who have accused me of manipulating, manipulating them with false narratives of some kind. And, I can, and all I can say to that is that manipulation means the person manipulating is conscious of their duplicity. Yeah. I, I was never conscious of any duplicity. People who say I must have been because he's so advanced give me way too much credit. And I themselves not enough. And themselves not enough. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, that whatever vagaries I have in memory uh, of, of my life, 
after the event, I had whole slabs of my life before that event sometimes come back years later that I could remember, and some are still gone. Uh, yeah. Non-dual enlightenment fucks with your memory. Just, <laughs> That's it, the in conclusion. Does. Yeah, and right. I want to say, like, people, they're, they're, we have this value in our uh, semi-spiritualized uh, culture of living in the moment. But what people don't realize about living in the moment is yes. living in the moment, you pay a price of uh, not just the past. You lose a bunch of the past. You also lose the ability to plan a future. Yes. Uh, and um, that's difficult. And part of what I've experienced in my um, more limited awakening is uh, I remember what I need to remember when I need to remember it. Yeah. Uh, and not usually otherwise. And that can be really maddening sometimes. Like, yeah, I really want to yeah. remember this right now. And divine being right. is like, actually, no, you don't get to have that information at this moment. So Yeah. And so the, the, the charge that I was deliberately manipulating people with, the, with untruths is astounding to me because every time I would say anything, it, in my reality, however wounded and twisted it was, it was my truth. It wasn't duplicitous. It wasn't manipulative. It was just yeah. ignorance and inability to access clear memories. I, I And I wrestled with that in the years we were apart. Um, I definitely went through a phase of, uh, quote, feeling, feeling manipulated. I had the feeling that I was manipulated. But when I really thought about it, um, it just... Yeah, like I said, it, it gave you far too much credit and my own authority not enough. Right. Um, and what is also kind of mind-boggling about that is your paradigm even then would explain that very well. That <laughs> manipulation is almost always unconscious, unconscious yes. motive-based. Um, it's, it's impossible to, to orchestrate it at that <laughs> scale, you know, um, impossible. consciously. And so now to the last piece, and I'll be done with that. Okay. We'll be done with this piece is that and, and identity, I think identity is most difficult. Um, there's a tripod of assumptions uh, that identity is based on. The third one is perhaps the hardest for people is that we are personally responsible for the content of our unconscious. And we did a whole episode on that. Personally, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And so since this, since I live by the paradigm, I, as best as I can by my own teachings, uh, 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 I have to take responsibility that if there was an unconscious manipulator, I can't, I don't, I can't speak to that. It's pot. I have to, I have to say, I guess it's possible. And maybe people felt that, but I, I, I have to acknowledge that possibility, but that's not my reality. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's all I can say about it, but but I have to take responsibility for the contents of my unconscious. And if there was an unconscious person in or a, a piece of me that was doing that, I literally, as the conscious me, knew nothing about it. And that doesn't take away the truth of people who hold that truth. Hold any truth you need to hold. It's fine mm -hmm. with me. Uh, um, I don't judge you for your judgment of me. I don't judge anyone for their judgment of me. And so um, all I can say is, um, please forgive this flawed teacher who chose to come in to work his flaws and needed these three collapses of three sets of students over my life um, to wake me up to uh, what I needed to do to heal what I was determined to heal this lifetime. 
a way to finally heal my personal enough to be able to to uh, uh, cohere and in here to um, my spiritual uh, uh, bandwidths of consciousness. Mm. And so the, those three collapses, the last of which was the worst, of course, for both Bree and I, um, uh, uh, is what I needed to, um, to, to get me to this place and be able to finally outshine with good healing bandwidths uh, the Daniel version of me that deserved in one way no matter what the projections are, deserved to have the teaching taken away from him. Hmm. And I'm so glad it did because last point, we were right at that moment, Joseph, I don't know if you remember, I think we talked about this before you personally, we were ready to go out into the world in a whole other way. We had a seminar in France, all set open door for anyone who wanted to come. And uh, um, if this, if the collapse didn't happen right at that time, which caused a whole lot of drama that, that some people did with that, that I had nothing to do with and the board had nothing to do with, um, if it had gone out in that moment, it would have carried the Daniel virus. Mm. It, would have, it would have gone out in the world at that point and the collapse would have happened later because Daniel would have and, made sure it did. And bigger, later and bigger and, as and, well. And, and worse, worse damage for more people. Yeah. Here, This was a chance. There was about 120 people all over the world that were studying the p- paradigm when this collapsed last. Um, that's bad enough, but it would have been thousands later on. Mm-hmm. So thank you for collapsing the nonprofit, all of you who did, there are some not so healthy reasons why you did that I, I know about and other people know about, but that's not relevant to me. I'm so glad it happened. It's your business, what your, your conscious and unconscious motives were, and I don't judge you for it. <laughs> I can't ask forgiveness for mine if I can't forgive you for yours. Yes, sure. uh, so that's basically what I wanted to speak to today. Um, None of it, as you said, exculpatory, um, and there are lots of contexts. No, no one person's story tells the story of both sides. I know things about the people who excoriate me the most. I would never say publicly because that's confidential. Yeah, sure. Yet they can say whatever they want on internet uh, cult sites and whatever. Yeah, and- Nothing I can do. Related to that, um, I remember uh, I, one of the things I asked you a year ago or so, or maybe, I don't know, but we talked about um, proactively reaching out to those people, and you'd said you tried to do it in some circumstances, and it just kind of blew up in your face, and uh, why why you don't do that. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, I, I, as, a, as an opener to that, the therapist I was working with and the therapist Bree was working at, both said reacted in horror uh, when we told we shared on our respective therapists uh, that we wanted to reach out to people. They said in under no circumstances do that, and they were right in many mm-hmm. ways for the wrong re- not for incomplete reasons. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I, I I got that I took that in, and then I asked my own sources as best as I could at the time. Should I reach out and and. And the answer I got back is no, in another dimension, I would be infantilizing them. Uh-huh. Taking uh, too much authority. 
Exactly. It's another, it would be another area area. They are all waiting still for me to do that. What they don't get that my love and my respect for their authority is the reason I don't. I, I, if you want to hold those, those things against me, that's your business. It's okay. Take your own authority, take your own authority. I can't try to, it would have been a case of me trying to get you to like me. Uh, on, on one dimension, and I just don't have that in me. I've never had that well, in me. I would say that's a tricky one because I think uh, if, you know, if someone had asked me a couple of years ago if I wanted that, I would have said yes. I would have said I wanted you to reach out to me and try to further repair things or whatever. But I also would say, honestly, I don't think I would have been able to receive it. I don't think it would have gone well. And um, even though I wanted it, I don't think it was the right thing because I wasn't at, I hadn't gotten yet to the bottom of what my contribution was. So it would have been you trying to make things right and, and doing that work, which you'd already had done in the beginning by receiving anything anybody wanted to tell, tell you. So that step happened. Right. Um, so if, it if was I hadn't done that, if I hadn't yeah. done that, it would have been a different uh, yeah. foundation. Yeah, but I, I, I think, um, yeah, I don't think it would have been productive for me. Um, and um, I, yeah, and um, and so that's it, it itches me because, you know, I know and, and love a lot of these people. And so mm-hmm. I still sometimes have a, a wish and a fantasy of like, oh, you know, there was so much goodness. And if that community could exist again in some way, and maybe if Stace could reach out to them, and then I go, well, how would that have gone for me if he'd reached out to me? You know, it would have been another um, window for me to express rage at you um, and continue to um, stew in the victimhood that I was couldn't escape because I hadn't seen my contribution yet. Yeah, And that's and, probably what would happen. And- Right, and in my in my universe of consciousness universe, when a person gets in touch with their contribution, not just the easy ones like, oh, uh, he was like my father or he was like my mother, and I got trapped. Uh, those are the easy ones. That were the other. There's far more depth to to that question and that answer. Um, uh, that that when they when when they found that, good for them, so they can take self authority. And if as an extra dessert to that main meal that's good for them to find their contribution. They wanted to do that, great, but I can't presume that. Uh, um, to me, uh, I, I, I could only change myself, and it's a landmine uh, to try to go to um, uh, 40, 50 people out of those 120. There was only 40, 50 people out of that, and, and – uh, and, and to go to each one, but I spoke to each one or they spoke to me, like you said, uh, what, in, that, in that initial collapse. And so I didn't feel welcomed. I could feel that. And when I asked, how do I solve this? Because there's, oh, I could see where it could be productive for some people and not others. Yeah. Um, I, I, all I got from divine being was trust, trust life, trust love, um, m- uh, there were dozens and dozens of people who met their partners, their life partners in that in that paradigm. Uh, 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 f- found found ways who are of still be- together. Yeah. Who are still together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say without any um, uh, hesitation that that community, 
this most recent 120 people or so here in, in Europe was the metaphysically the best educated uh, 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 um, a group uh, uh, oh, ever in, sure. psych- in psycho-spirituality. Yeah, that alone, absolutely. Um, yeah. So if uh, my truth was uh, when along these lines to complete this version here, uh, this segment, uh, either the good, when the, if the good, if they ever got to a place that the good at least balanced or outweighed the bad, they would out of their own self, um, uh, self-authority want to say, hello, I'm still here. I just want to let you know um, uh, there were so many good things. I'm in a good place right now. I don't feel led to connect with you anymore, uh, but just want to let you know that. Mm-hmm. So anyone yeah. who doesn't do that means they don't see that, that there was more bad than good. And yeah. if, if that's, if the, if they, cause that's what a person who would get more good than bad, just like you and like yeah. the other yeah. two, there was more good than bad. Even my own wife, who had a chance to give up on me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it makes me think of the far more commonplace situation of someone getting fired from a job. You know, they're in a job for five or 10 years. They learn a ton. They make money. Uh, they, you know, network. They have opportunities. And then they get fired and they disagree with the, the level of justice that seems unjust to them. And they, what do we instinctively do? We throw the whole baby out with the bathwater and we're pissed and it seems like the bad is outweighs the good but you know if you actually look at it rationally i mean that was what i was coming to terms with over those yeah. 7 years yeah. we were apart trying to yeah. sort out what was was the good really good do, do, right. does it really hold true and what right. was bad or good and that was some what i was sort of cleaning up and um uh, sure. i think it's pretty hard to to argue that um you know, even though the there was some uh, taintedness in in the teaching, that uh, ninety plus percent of it was um, irrevocably changed people's lives for the better. And um, of, the, of the people that I know, that is the case. It's not like people are um, you know metaphysically, emotionally, and intellectually crippled for the rest of their life. No. Actually, it's <laughs> the complete opposite. Yeah, most of the people I know that I hear of for hearsay just moved from that point and had very happy successful are, are, are in in the throes of those of, the, of yeah. that aspect so last point then to complete it, my reality is if they if they don't make even just a a, a short don't want, not really interested in connecting with you again but I just want to let you know um there was there was a more good than bad or whatever that phrase means to people if that's not happening then i assume there's more bad than good and so when, if I called, I, uh, what, what's the productivity? You see, right? Then you're um, you, it's, you're landing I'm inside invading. the paradigm of your. It was all more bad than good, and you wouldn't be welcome. Which is exactly how it would have landed for me after the first couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what do you do with that? What do you do? Yeah. And I, I had to put my um, my uh, uh, chess piece on some square of the board. Um, and that was the square I landed on. And over the years, um, it has been uh, proven to me, or I keep getting affirmation that that was the right thing to do. It would have just been another uh, savior thing, save savior. If I'm really a bad guy and a couple of people said to me, there's no way you'll ever change. You are impossibly wounded and you will never, you're not healable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a uh, that's that's an absolute not, statement. That that's an absolute statement, and I, the only people I've ever known, 
and it's not that many, but a few now, now after that, after my last experience that hold that, only people who are unhealable themselves would ever have a filter that says you are absolutely unhealable. Well, what I would say, I, 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 I don't know how to say what the right verb is. I held that about you for a couple of years. Um, well, good. I, I'm glad to hear your side <laughs> of it here. Talk yeah, and when yeah. I think about why, like I wouldn't say I believed it, but it's sort of like it was, it was what we would now call a feeling truth. You know, it was such a strong uh-huh. feeling. This was my truth. But then when I look at it, you know, all you got to do is say like, well, how do you know that? How can you know that about anybody? It's an absolute statement. So we know, philosophically speaking, that you just can't know. But then when I think about like, well, what purpose did that serve in me, that idea? Uh Um, Why would I hold that? Um, Well, because I had to make you more wrong than you were so that I didn't look at what my contribution was. That's the essence of victimhood. That's where good and evil comes from. If I make you, if I made you evil and ergo unhealable, then I get to continue to project onto you that you'll never change. And then I don't have to look at my side of that dance, Uh, which took me years to get to. And people do this every day with the person who fires them or the spouse that breaks up with them. And um, that's that's how victimhood works. So, not much more to say, yeah. I don't think, um, but uh, every day I have a wave hit, sometimes several times a day, um, gotten less over the years of regret and remorse over what I didn't see and couldn't have seen until I saw it. Uh, so, it's all up to people to stand by what they feel. And at the same time, always have curiosity about what they grip on as a belief system Mm -hmm. may have a lot more wound basis than they might imagine. That's Mm -hmm. curiosity. And identity is based on that curiosity. And I want to take a a couple of minutes to widen this to the the cancel culture phenomenon. Because like Mm -hmm. uh, most recently, I think of uh, Will Smith, who... Uh, struck Chris Rock and uh, on live television in front of hundreds of millions of people, which is amazing. But what what we don't, um, as a society, uh, go into is like, well, why did that happen, and what help does he need related to that? I think of uh, you know one of my favorite comedians, Louis C.K., who lost $35 million because of his indiscretions. Were they abuses of power? Yes. Were they inappropriate? Yes. Does that mean he's not funny and his talent shouldn't have a place in the world? That's exactly what we were talking about before. So it's yeah. like, um, you know, what I'd want to say to Will Smith is, uh, buddy, I, I've loved you since eighth grade when you were DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And your, your wife is wearing the pants in the family. You've got to look at how you were laughing at Chris Rock's joke, saw the unhappy look on your wife's face, and then felt moved to commit assault and battery on live TV. Yes. And so it's not that that's okay. It's that there needs to be support and a paradigmatic understanding for how that could happen so that it could actually be processorily undergone so that it doesn't happen again. But we don't yeah. live in a culture that thinks that way. It's good and evil. It's right and wrong. It's that yeah. person did a bad thing, and now their last 40 years of work is summarily dismissed. And it, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, it's like people ask me, uh, they know that I liked Woody Allen movies. And uh-huh. uh, 
and uh, same principle here. And the same thing with uh, what's the guy who ran away to Poland, um, the uh, movie director. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, he was he was one of the early canceled people. Yeah, he, he well, he had his sex with a a twelve year old minor. Yeah, yeah, minor. So I mean, Roman real, Polanski. Roman Polanski. That's yeah. it. Yeah, maybe it wasn't uh, Poland. It's from Poland, I think. Yeah, yeah. At any rate, at any rate, um, I said, well, uh, Woody Allen, um, his art, his cinema, is compelling in so many different artistic ways. So no, I didn't stop watching it, but I felt sorry for the the, the flaw in the man that, in my truth, is, and I don't know what's really true, but I can tell you what my third eye. And my sensibilities tell me about about his guilt, mm-hmm. and that 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 when they cover it over with that never happened, they I have less patience uh-huh. with them the person, but I have no truck with their art yeah. or or what they contributed to the world. I never liked Roman Polanski's film, so I can't use him. Yeah, um, but, but the, you've got you've got to atone. You've got to atone for your flaws. Mm-hmm. You can't let people off the hook. Um, so it's both sides. It's a tricky one because you shouldn't judge them for their for their art that 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 nullifies thirty years of art. And you better get the help. You better get the help you need. You got to have room for both sides. Yeah. Right. Not red state, blue state kind of crap here. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Show so, me an artist who doesn't have a tortured childhood and some deep issues. It's like the better the art, the worse the issues usually are. Because Look at Picasso, the, Hemingway. Yes. I mean, uh, Van yeah. Gogh. I mean, oh god, these, yeah. These people were, were, were so toxic in so mm-hmm. many dimensions of their personality. It doesn't take away their contribution, and they'll have to work out their culpability and other in future lives. That's all okay. Yeah. But let's have let's have generosity on one side and sober diagnosis on the other. And there is a way a heart can hold both those theaters. And that's exactly it. It's the the, the average consciousness can't make an and oh, between I Thriller is the best-selling album of all time and mm-hmm. Michael Jackson was doing some weird stuff. Like they can't make an and to include both of those things. And that requires, well, it requires at the very least an, an understanding of how uh, seemingly good people can do bad things. Uh, mm-hmm. And a stretch of consciousness that um, can include, um, uh, you know, uh, bright light truth telling, and also a lot of warm heart compassion at the same time, and that that's yeah. a difficult thing to do. Summarize this whole part of the conversation. <laughs> and identities offering all either or frameworking mm. of human consciousness assumptions and premises is inherently wounded and inherently unenlightened and connecting seeming opposites at a heartful depth level is the only um, uh, uh, flag for someone being a little higher in CQ consciousness quotient um, uh, than the average person because the world is built on either ors. Right. And we met our polarized world right now is, is, uh, is, hurtling like lemming going off a cliff uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, because of either or ism. Yeah, and what I would say is when when an individual either orizes at someone like yes. Michael Jackson, yeah. Lucy K, Roman Polanski, whatever. Or um, Daniel. Or Daniel, <laughs> yes. My right. way or the highway, either right. or, yeah. all unenlightened, all wounded. Go ahead. 
So when when that's happening, it it necessarily means they're also either oring with themselves, that is compartmentalizing aspects of them themselves that are wounded, and when they either or that, they're pushing that down, repressing it, and then it will never be able to integrate and become whole, because yes. they're, they're as as outside, so inside, and so it's not healthy for the self that's doing it even. Amen. Amen. So, so I think I think um, that's the best I can do uh, in terms of being as transparent as I can with what I did, the remorse and regret, and and the change that went along with it. Uh, um, that's the best I can do. It won't be enough for some people. It'll it'll be in a, in a, inapplicable to other people. I'm certainly certainly not trying to make any friends here. I just wanted to make sure that when we talk about identity, we had to talk about how my flaws have affected the way the identity has gone out into the world, or in this case has not gone out into the world until now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll never run a school again. I'll never do facilitation, uh, private facilitation people again. Brie has shown herself. She has completely remade the personhood um, mm -hmm. uh, processing aspect of identity. Uh, and she's the one now who is the only one that I know uh, is, is much more qualified than I am to do that kind of work. Um, uh, so that and, really and, depth, the depth stuff. Yeah. And I would attest to uh, as uh, working with her myself for the last year and a few months, uh, it's, it's hard to put your finger on how it's radically different um, because it's so intangible, but it is radically different than it was before. Um, and um yeah so yeah i mean i just also want to own one of my i had a in the corner of me at some secret wish uh, in producing this podcast that it might go out and reach some of the 1.0 people who um were hurt and reasonably uh angry about what happened and uh, mm -hmm. if this goes out to anybody uh and could create a little space in them um, if it's part of their destiny path to re-engage. Maybe it helps it, but um, I think uh, it, part of my atoning for pushing you away uh, so hard and uh, writing the things that I've written uh, about the former version of you, it felt like an atonement for me to, to, to make things right as best I can. Oh, so. Beautifully said, and I have my own um, coda here mm -hmm. uh, for today, and that is, uh, Brie was thrown as was part of the baby thrown out with the bathwater yeah. by people. Yeah. And she was the one mercilessly uh, uh, um, confronting me about tough love. It's got to end. It's got to end for years. I ignored her mm. that she got blamed as enabling me in the end. And, and uh, there were people who, who literally stopped who, who did their own tough love on her because she was, after three months, we were separated for three months while, while she decided how, what, how she felt about all this kind of stuff. And uh, when, when she started to share uh, that she was seeing me again, just exploring, they cut her out. They just mm. cut her out. They blamed her when she was the one all along trying to shake my tree uh, mm. about this tough love stuff. Doing so the she, very thing that everyone was then in agreement was the biggest problem with the paradigm. I mean, which I, I, I did to you too. I, I know, but see, that's doesn't the make any sense here. Yeah. Uh, 
you tough loved me right back. Yeah. I loved that you did. There was a place for it. It's helped me change and heal. Yeah. And how could you, how do you make that work in yourself? Yeah, it's an eye for an eye. I mean, it's, yeah, it's uh, until, as Gandhi says, until the whole world is blind. Yeah. You utilize the very thing that you excoriate me for. Mine was bad. Any form of tough love is bad without that. And all tough love is based on either or. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I just want to put in there about uh, the the worst injustice of all of all of it was Breeze being lumped in with me when if uh, when it was she who finally had enough of my tough love in our relationship to leave for a while to separate and it was that separation that caused ripples downline and not not even a month later two months later everything collapsed mm -hmm. uh, but she got blamed so unfairly, just like when I first met her, she got so uh, criticized. What does he see in her? What does he see? He could do better. I had actually a person say, you can do better than that, Daniel, at the time. And I, I, my mouth was on the floor. No one saw about her what I could see. Mm -hmm. Nobody uh, until later. Uh, and, but to this day, um, that broke her heart. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it was so unfair. Um, mine was fair, but hmm. Brie, that's another whole story. But it's yeah. again, I'm not judging anyone's judgment here. I'm just saying this was a tragedy of multiple dimensions yes. um, and absolutely the right thing to have happened. And if it was right for me to have this all collapsed for all these years, it was right for you to collapse it. Yeah. Um, and whatever you had to do, move back to Europe, um, uh, uh, you didn't have a certificate from the school that we had because the 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 board collapsed the um, the paradigm or the the, the nonprofit. Um, whatever happened to you, I promise there's a way of looking at it that it was supposed to happen. If it's if it's good for a person you love and that loves you, it's good for you in the same way, even if it's a horrific. Um, uh, a disquieting. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was for me, and uh, that's a difficult thing to say. I remember um, one of the uh, 1.0 people about a year or two after the collapse, we were talking about it. Uh, we were still friends at the time. He said it was the uh, uh, one of the worst things that I ever went through, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, And I, w I was like, what? I said, I can't swallow that yet. It took me a couple more years before I could uh, agree with that. So, um, you know, uh, as sometimes said, I think Schopenhauer, Schopenhauer, I think we said, uh, can anything really happen to us for which we are not ready? <laughs> oh, and, um, yeah. it's, uh, another, the, the more new age version of that is, uh, you know, well, uh, the founder of Aikido said, uh, when you align yourself with the principles of the universe, it conspires to help you. Uh, but that help, or what's the Meister Eckhart quote? Sometimes when it feels like devils are tearing oh, you yes. apart, it's actually angels trying to free you. Yes, uh, exactly right. That's, that is the case for every rupture of my life. Can I, I abide with what Eckhart, that got me through those, because it was always exactly true. Always exactly true. So, when love connects people and there was love in that community, 
yeah. for some people uh more love than they've ever experienced not because there were orgies or anything there was <laughs> never anything like that but if we could uh, go back and do it again maybe we should have had some of those <laughs> well god it might have been added to a little bit of the more stick to right <laughs> would have been but, far more popular well, too bad it was sure. completely against the paradigm <laughs> yeah i i got so much crap from um from from some patriarchs that uh i was uh i, I um was uh way too um old-fashioned about uh sexual activity monogamy and yeah. monogamy and all that stuff yeah and and so you know yeah maybe that would have been i couldn't have done it anyway I, well, a uh, one of the one of the many things I tested on my own self-authority terms after uh, exiting 1.0 uh, was a, a a looser relationship to sexual relations, and I am uh, <laughs> I, I have a bad taste in my mouth uh, when I say I confirmed on my own that it was not something that was good for me. <laughs> it was terrible, yeah, but I needed to get it myself. Yeah, I did. And again, what what was our first what our first set of podcasts about? For middle, for teenage souls, mm-hmm. those have been here uh, 100 to 200 lives uh, of incarnations in the last 130,000. That's fine. Polyamory may be for you. That's fine. Yeah. Just don't tell us that that's the end-all, be-all, enlightened way to have a relationship. Uh, yeah. It's a, 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 I hope we get to sexuality here sometimes. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, and let, let's, no, no, uh, oh, I really want to say it though. Uh, no, I'm not going to well, say I'm it. curious. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it sounds too pedantic and absolute and it's not pedantic okay. or absolute, but a good, a good, try to chew on this listeners out there. It sounds judgmental, but it's really just an, an, a question to ask yourself that maybe it applies to you. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, if you've had more lovers than half your biological age, the likelihood is that you've used sexuality as a drug. Mm. It's not definitive. And even if it's true for you, you're not a bad person because you used it as a drug. It's just a piece of information that identity invites us to chew on and drop into and see what might be true uh, uh, about it for you. For a person who's had over 100 lovers, um, they they may have dialed that in that life uh, to learn that it's a dead end. Yeah, that's fine. No one judges the content. The issue is what does that content point to in a contextual way mm. for us to help ourselves grow and uh, and, and thrive. So. Yeah. Well, that's a topic maybe we'll get to soon. I'm definitely uh, guilty in that uh, in that numerical camp. But uh, every year I age, it's sort of correcting out the formula. Correct, but, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and the older you, know, you get, the the better the ratio. Yeah, and as 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 context for that, we haven't gotten to this, but to, to just identity's criteria for what constitutes a drug reveals that basically everybody has a handful of drugs and we're all addicts until we're not. So that's, that doesn't, that doesn't target, put a target on anyone's back. It's just a very popular drug. So is exercise. So is television. So is work. So is Facebook, you know, everybody's got something. There are lots of schools of, of therapeutic um, models of therapy that hold that, by default, we're conditioned to have addictive personalities. Yeah. Uh, we just go take a couple of five, five steps past that into how and why and how to fix it than yeah. other psychological pictures. So, 
another preview of what's to come. Well, oh God. Okay, we, so we better I'm, close here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm relieved that I had a lot of um, not a lot, but a significant enough anxiety about how this would go. Trying to be as transparent as I can uh, to communicate um, uh, how how differently I feel and experience things and embody things than I did even seven years ago. So mm -hmm. um, I think it, it, I did the best I could. I, it's not going to be enough for some people. It'll be too much for other people. Well, why didn't he mention this or that? Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I did, did the best I could. Yeah. Sorry. Well, if such a person wants to email me and get us to address something, I think we'd be open to receiving that if there's something that yeah. actually wants to retake requests. I haven't said that before, but on this oh, subject yeah. and anything else. Yeah, make it. A, yeah, it's got to be a topic thing, not a, 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 a something to grind with me personally or yeah. you personally. It's what's the we address this topic, please. What's identity's sure. take on this topic? Yeah. On this topic? Yeah. yeah. And at some point, if we get enough of an audience, we can do live call-ins and live streams. Love, even we can do that. I I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Stace, for your transparency and vulnerability today. Difficult mm -hmm. topic, I know. And um, well. Change has to start somewhere, and someone said uh, it's got to start with yourself, right? That's that's leadership. Uh, I, I think I think so. <laughs> so. All right. Till next time, Joseph. Yeah, Thanks again for for this whole series. Thank yeah, you. You're so welcome. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.